tonight, 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 we are we are jumping into uh, part three of our series. If you're just joining us, we have been doing a series, as you can see behind me on the screen, about God and the sciences. And um, I'm not going to tell my whole story again, because I've done that two weeks now, but uh, I love God, and I think that God created this world and made it in such a way that it reveals who he is, too. And um, I studied sciences in university. I did a, a Bachelor of Science degree at UNBC and learned a lot more about the natural sciences and the methodology of science, and I found it fascinating. And uh, for some people, they've either been told or have the impression or just didn't know that, um, they, they may have been told that either you can sort of believe in God and you kind of have to check your brain at the door to do that, or you can sort of be a reasonable person and believe what the rest of the world does about kind of how the natural world works. I mean, that's way oversimplified, but um, I think that uh, God made the world to reveal himself. And he's given us the scriptures to reveal himself even more clearly. And so we need to, to listen to both God's word and look to his world. And in both cases, that's how we come to, uh, to, to more fully understand God's power and his glory and who he is. Um, and my whole kind of goal with this series isn't <laughs> to disrupt people's kind of faith or what they've always known. But here's what I do want to do is I want to make it clear that there have been many different ways throughout uh, um, the kind of the history of Christianity that people have understood the opening chapters of Genesis. There hasn't only been one reading of it. And uh, my hope is always, and, and my goal as, as a pastor and as a Christian person, is to seek the truth. I want to be a person who doesn't sort of say, well, I only want the truth that I want. No, I want to know the whole show. Uh, because I believe God knows the whole show, even though we don't. Um, and, and I want to be a person of truth. So anyways, I don't want to take up too much time because we're actually going to watch a video. And, I, and I, it's longer than I might have chosen. But because this topic is so important, A, and misunderstood, B, it does take time to unpack. Um, you have a handout in front of you, and it has some notes on it. I am going to just briefly glaze over this so I can introduce John Walton and have him speak. He's not actually here, by the way, but um, he's here in other sorts of ways. He's written uh, the uh, he's written a commentary on the uh, book of Genesis, which is pretty hefty and it's very good. And if you're wondering, like some commentaries are, you know, really faith oriented. They they come out of a Christian community and they're for the Christian community. Other commentaries are kind of like they're just academic works. This is coming out of a place of faith and for the faith communities at NIV application commentary series. He wrote this one on Genesis and then basically took information like that research and put them into more pop reads as well. The Lost World Genesis 1 is one of those books. The Lost World of Adam and Eve is another one. So this is about Genesis 1. This is about chapter Genesis chapters 2 and 3. Um, and so whole books on single chapters, yes. That's why it takes a while to unpack all of this. Ah, first thing I want to say is in 2 Peter 3.16, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, or I'm just going to read it for you anyways. 
But here's something really interesting that will set up this conversation for us in a way. Here's what we read. He says this uh, in verse 15. He says, bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. That's kind of what he's been referring to. He's been talking about God's salvation. And he's saying God's patience, the Lord's patience means salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul, if, you, if you've been a Christian for a while, you'll probably know that Paul wrote a good chunk of the New Testament. As our brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. Who wrote? Sunday school answers, simple ones, come on. Who wrote? Paul with what? The wisdom that God gave him. So the author is Paul. Someone said Jesus here, good. <laughs> He's going for the Sunday school answer. Jesus? No. Okay. The writer is Paul. The one who gave him the wisdom is God. Okay. So you've got a writer. Is Paul really writing? He really is. Is he writing with God's wisdom? Yes, he really is. Does that seem really obvious? Okay. But when we start reading the book of Genesis, I bet you they're going to go, oh, well, wait a second. No, I need you to know that this is how the Bible's written. By people. And God gives them the wisdom. Okay. It's written by people. <laughs> and God gives them the wisdom to do it. So just a simple thing. But then look what it says next, verse 16. This is what I want to focus on. He writes, who writes? Yeah, don't, don't say Jesus again. <laughs> Paul. <laughs> he writes the same way in all of his letters. Speaking in them of these matters. The matters are about salvation. That's what he's talking about. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. A couple real quick things here. What Paul writes is what to understand? Easy? No. Yeah, Sunday school answers. Come on, guys. Hard to understand. So Peter says, says, you know what, guys? Paul is hard to understand. And people out of ignorance misunderstand him. And they twist his words. They change the meaning of what's being written. That's just really under, and it says, as they do the rest of the scriptures. So a couple things here. Paul is a human writer, writes by the wisdom of God, he writes hard things to understand, and people misunderstand him. Why? Because the Bible is going to take work to understand. It is possible for us to get it wrong, to read it wrong, to do a bad job of interpretation. Is that all clear? So just, I know, just look at two verses really slowly, but that really matters because it means when we read the Bible, we have to be careful. We have to be thoughtful. We have to be ready to listen well and to do our homework well. So that's, I just want to set that up to say that when we come to the Bible, this is what God has inspired human authors to write. And that's important for you to hear too, okay? Because that will matter as we read the book of Genesis. There is an author to Genesis. Do you know that? Somebody wrote it. And they wrote it to a group of people. 
A um, couple quick things here now on your sheet. You know, I'm not going to read it all because I need to spend some time. We need to, it's going to be 55 minutes, this talk. I know that sounds long, but it's that important. I'm going to ask you to sit in your seat unless you've really got somewhere else to be and pay attention because there's almost nothing that's more important than understanding some of this stuff that we're going to hear tonight, okay? It's about learning to read the Bible well. So interpretive questions. Our goal, you'll just see, I'm just reading. This is just straight up my notes. Our goal as Christians is to get to the plain meaning of the text. And the plain meaning is what? It's what the original author sent to the original audience. The meaning that original author is trying to communicate to the original audience. That's what, when the reformers, uh, John Calvin, Martin Luther, other people in that tradition, when they talk about a literal reading of the text, what they mean is what the original author says to the original audience and their meaning, okay? So literal doesn't mean flat and, well, just it, it just as it comes on the page. No, that's not what they mean. Martin Luther, John Calvin, these guys knew they had to interpret the scriptures. They had to work rigorously to try to get it right. Um, others, we know that the culture is wildly different than our culture. We're going to have to work hard to listen well, to hear well. Um, so when we say a literal reading of scripture, what we mean is, what did the original author intend to say to the original audience? What was their meaning? That's always our goal. And because we believe that God has inspired this text, and it's our authority, we're ready to submit to it and say, yes, Lord, I will, I will do what you're calling me to. I will submit to the leading of your word wherever you're taking us. That's where I want to be. Does that make sense? That's the posture. We come to the text not just to understand it, but to truly stand under it in submission to what God is saying to us. That's got to be our heart posture as we come to the Bible. Now, a couple things. The plain meaning of the text or literal sense may not be immediate, immediately apparent there's a type of literature or a kind of the conventions of writing that the group, you know, that, that the original author is using. We may or may not be familiar with it. And we'll have to be kind of keyed into what sort of type of writing is this. Second, there will be um, idioms, which are kind of like conventions of the language in the original languages that m we might not be privy to. We're not aware of it. Um, someone has once said, I've heard someone say recently, you don't need a PhD to read the Bible. That's true, partly, but you do actually need a PhD to read the Bible. Do you know why? Because somebody translated this, right? Somebody with, a, actually many, many people with PhDs who have given their lives to studying the original languages, to working through the original manuscripts, um, to try to decide which texts are the original readings and which readings are not the original readings, um, so we've had people, if you pick up your Bible and can read it, and you say, oh, I don't need a PhD to read it, well, you're relying on a whole lot of people with PhDs who have done the work for you to translate it so you can read it. <laughs> but it's not just that. We actually, so there, there is a sense in which, yes, we, God can speak to us plainly through the text, absolutely. But you have been helped not only with the language barrier, but also with the cultural barrier. And we'll hear a little bit more about that tonight in, in John Walton's talk. Um, and then, of course, part C on my handout, there's, there's, a, there's cultural differences and the ways that the first writer and reader, they think about the world that is wildly different than the way that we do. So, picking, so getting at the plain meaning of the text, the literal meaning of the text, might actually take a whole lot of work. It might look wildly different than what we thought the plain meaning of the text was originally. 
Um, I have a whole bunch of other questions on there that will be good stuff for you, but I'm going to turn it over to John Walton in just two seconds. You can read those things through. They can just be notes for you. I would say if you're curious about this question at all, just take this handout. I made 33 of them, so 33 of you, if you want them, you got them, and I can make more if you need. Last thing I want to say. Uh, here's what Augustine of Hippo was a... Um, we call him St. Augustine. Uh, he was a pastor. He was a theologian. He wrote a lot about God. Here's what he says in his commentary on Genesis. This is in the fourth century. Can I read it to you? He says, in matters that are so obscure and far beyond our vision, notice how humble he is about how much he can know. He's saying, there's things that are far beyond our vision. There's things that we just don't know. Okay? In those matters, he says, uh, and, and uh, we find in the Holy Scriptures passages which can be interpreted in very different ways without prejudice to the faith we have received. In such cases, we should not rush headlong and so firmly take our stand on one side that if further progress in the search for truth justly undermines our position, we too will fall with it. We should not battle for our own interpretation. So if you got a preconceived notion to say, I've got a battle for that, he says, don't do it. Don't battle for your preconceived, here's what I think it's all about, but for the teaching of the Holy Scriptures. Our, our goal has to be not, how do I hold on to all the things that I've, I already think are in place? But My goal is to say, what is true? What does the word of God really say on this matter? That, Augustine says, must be our goal. We should not w wish to conform the meaning of the Holy Scriptures to our interpretation, but our interpretation to the meaning of the Holy Scriptures. Good? Say amen, Augustine, to that one. That is our goal, to get at the truth, to get at what the Holy Scriptures teach, not at what we think they teach and are unwilling to think differently about. So, um, on that note, we're going to watch 55 minutes of John Walton giving you guys the goods on the language and cultural background, and this is the stuff that we'll need if we're going to be able to read Genesis well. All right, here we go.